Hey everyone, welcome to the Challenge Podcast. We're really grateful you decided to join us. Um, we've been rolling along with a number of episodes and hopefully you've been able to take a look back or listen back and get um, some of the content that was back there. We've interviewed people like Chris Price, Matt Menzel, Richard Taylor, um, a bunch of other people and, and we've just had a lot of fun doing that. Um, one of the things that uh, we do with the challenge is we gather on Tuesday nights and recently we've been kind of digging into the importance of storytelling and so we thought it'd be kind of fun. One of our guys had the idea uh, just to have like a really casual conversation where we kind of put um, one of our hosts on the hot seat and we just like pepper them with questions that um, would be fun and meaningful to answer and so um, today we're going to grill Manny um, and Manny um, is going to have the responsibility of handling whatever questions Antonio, Reese, and I can throw at him. So, um, Manny's a close friend of mine. He also just got married. Um, Amanda is incredible. She's actually just chilling with us in the studio as well. Um, but, uh, okay, first question for you, Manny. Um, if, let's say, Amanda, um, for one year, every four years, Amanda turned into a raccoon, would you have still married Amanda? <laughs> okay, so we're starting off uh, interesting. Um, well, I mean, one interesting thing to note about this, I don't know if Reese knew this, but I am petrified of raccoons. I've been dealing with this fear for a while. Uh, it starts from a t- childhood trauma when I was camping in my backyard and a couple family of raccoons circled our tent all night and like growled at me and my brothers and we couldn't escape because they were trapping us outside. Um, So, you know, that's a tough decision. But, you know, I did commit myself to loving Amanda through every season and loving the new Amanda every year. So I think I would still just face my fears every four years and that really is a fear hey (laughs) raccoons i feel like raccoons um i don't know you go everywhere in the world and there's like a different pest for like every continent or nation at least i feel like and i feel like a like a lot of canadians would agree that raccoons are just a huge pest and they're they're just unpredictable because like they can be very like afraid of humans but then there's the odd one that like definitely isn't and is like more ambitious about getting into your trash and is not going to stop yeah, at anything yeah i remember watching elf as a kid like the the jolly little christmas movie with will ferrell and there's that one scene where will ferrell's making his way to new york city and the raccoon like mauls his face and for me maybe that was my childhood trauma when it comes to raccoons because i saw that and i was like dang i never want to run into a raccoon but mosquitoes are so much worse like right. Bad okay. mosquitoes. Yeah. Okay. Raccoons aren't a pest. Yeah. But like mosquitoes aren't gonna scare you. Like maybe the thought of getting malaria, but that's about it. Um anyway, so I uh, moving on from pests and raccoons and uh childhood sweet, sweet childhood memories. Um Manny uh a real question to start off with. What would you feel like is something, uh, maybe a few aspects of your childhood that you just really enjoyed and had a wonderful time with? Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think a big one for me is, um, I got 
pretty into skateboarding when I when I got when I was pretty young. Uh, I think I was around like eight or nine, um, and so I have all these memories of like begging my dad after school to drive me up to the skate park, mm. um, and he would like hang out with me and make sure you know like whatever's going on at the skate park, I'm not experiencing any of the the sketchy stuff that's happening. So he'd kind of just chill and he'd either like sit in the car or sometimes he'd sit out there and watch me. But um, it was just like the best thing ever. Just like when he'd be like, okay, I'll take you to the skate park. And then as I got a little older, I realized it wasn't much of an adventure to go like 15 minutes up the hill to the local skate park. But when I was uh, growing up, it was really... It was just like the most exciting thing when dad was taking me to the skate park for a day. What's your favorite skipper trick you've ever landed? <laughs> oh man, I've landed one 360 flip bolts and no one was there to see it. The skate park was empty. That's, oh man, I remember trying to learn how to drop in skateboarding and it was definitely the scariest experience <laughs> I think I've ever had. So, yeah. I remember I watched that movie MVP with the the chimpanzee that learns how to skateboard, <laughs> and uh, and he he did like a drop in, and I was super inspired. And then my dad took me to the skate park, and I tried it, and I just completely like woofed it, and like mm. completely shredded my entire knee up. So okay, growing up for us, I feel like us like I don't know, kind of late millennials. Maybe we grew up with skate shoes like as just like a casual shoe to wear. So like, I remember like when I got my first pair of DCs and I'm not a skater kid, but when I got my first pair of DCs, it, it meant something. They were like my DCs. Okay. So from a skater, what is the best skate shoe oh, or I'm, brand? I don't know. Well, I also remember getting my first DCs and like tucking the laces into the tongue and like just rocking those babies. Like um, yeah, there really isn't. And no kids growing up today understand that feeling. Um, <laughs> But you know, I've matured and I've I've grown up a little bit, and I'd say my my go to skate shoe would probably be a, a Vans slip on or a Vans retro skate, high or low. Yeah, I respect that choice. That's good. <laughs> Looks good. Yeah. Um, changing the speed a little bit or topic. Um. What's the most like influential album you've ever listened to? Like like life changing album. Uh well, okay, I'll say this. My album of the of the 2010s of the decade was Blonde by Frank Ocean, mm. so that one would have to be up there, but also probably um Midnight Marauders by a Tribe Called Quest is maybe my favorite album of all time. So, mm. I don't know if it's influenced me as much as it's just I've just jived a lot to it. So, Mm. Manny, I know you, I think um, partially why we can appreciate a good album um, like Blonde or, um, I mean, like so many of the different albums, uh, Pimp a Butterfly, whatever that have come out in the 2010s is because they tell a really sweet story. Um, for anyone who's listening and who's trying to be kind of captivated by the storytelling of the Bible, um, what do you feel like is your your favorite or most compelling Bible story for you? I I was actually thinking about this today. I was doing a homework assignment, and one of the questions was, um, like, just write down different uh, acts of God in, in history, and hmm. I interpreted that as biblical history, so I was just looking at the Bible, and 
Um, I I thought in my head that I think my favorite story in the Bible, obviously besides the gospel, um, would probably be the conversion of Saul to Paul. Hmm. Um, It's just like, it's it's an incredible story, just especially how we get a glimpse into Paul's um, history as Saul and and all the um, darkness and, and evil that he did, and then how how God just like confronted him um, just on in, in the middle of his life, just like knocked him to his knees. And um, I think that it's really cool. And God just like confronts people right where they're at and just knocks them on their knees and yeah. tells them to wake up. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I love the storytelling that's even just all over the beginning of the book of Acts. Um, there's just this real sense of mayhem uh, and I mean, that really is kind of climactic with, uh, Pentecost and like what happens in, on Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes. But, um, Saul to Paul is just absolutely dramatic. And in the first like chapter, you just see the messiness of like how the church leaders are stepping up and like, whether it's in the first kind of group of 120 people in the upper room, Peter stands up and kind of fumbles through scripture and tries to add another apostle. And then you get Paul trying to break into the apostles and Barnabas there. It just seems like, so it's, it's a beautiful mess. And I think that, I mean, I was just reflecting the other day and man, like there are a lot of stories that are like that, where like, there's just this messy church experience and people are trying to figure out how to lead, how to interpret scripture. And there's a lot of leaders who kind of come from Saul to kind of Paul transformation so I, I totally agree with you. That's one of my, that's for me, one of the most compelling stories. Yeah, I love that. Um, if you don't know Manny, he's uh, planning to go into a career into marketing. Um, so how, how do you, how do you have, I feel like, like marketing in the, in the industry of like consumerism is kind of can be seen as this um, Saul world where like, it's very kind of, there's a lot of evils in there. There's a lot of kind of wanting your attention and wanting to find fulfillment in products and fulfillment in things. How do you see your faith um, working through that? And how can you kind of almost use uh, the gifts that God has given you um, in marketing and this career that you want to go into um, and have like kind of bring this idea of transformation to that? That's a good question. Um, well, I think that sometimes when we, we think about being missional as Christians. We we kind of have this focus on people that maybe are like hitting rock bottom. Um, these people everywhere that are um, impoverished and and in need of of Jesus. And, and we kind of miss this huge field of people who are just some of the people that are are maybe the most asleep. That are just your typical white collar workers that are just they're just going through their daily work at their corporation or their whatever whatever company they're working at and um, I think there's so many people that um, cr- us Christians we just need to realize that um, like this these are people that need to be reached just as much um, and um, I think that some some people are fit for those those other mission fields but um, I think that these are the people I can relate to best so I think God wants me to um, just be a light to some people who may not even know that they're lost. Um, sorry. Um, 
so tying that all together um, into the story theme, um, when you like you'd like a career in marketing, you'd like we'd all we'd all hope for your sake that that's and Amanda's that that's successful. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so like let's say at the end of your life, your eulogy. What do you want people to have like said about you in your career? In my career? Yeah, and like life, like your your professional career. One of your boss, one of your coworkers is just like, yeah, look, I've been with, working with Manny for forty years. Hopefully, you work that long because, like, you know, work or you die. But um, and he's like, yeah, like Manny was a great dude. Yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. What do you want him to say? Um, I would hope that he would say that I worked with um, integrity and an aspect of fairness in all that I did um, and that I didn't um, ever exploit anybody or um, manipulate any sort of um, system or, or field of interest to, um, to excel in my career. Um, and I would also hope that people that I worked with would get a glimpse into my life outside of work and, and know that I've loved my family and my wife, um, unconditionally, uh, for all my days. Um, and I would, I would hope that he would know that I'm, uh, a follower of Jesus and that I've given my life to him and, um, what that's done for me. And, um, that would be kind of my goal that he would know that. Mm, Yeah. I think it's a beautiful thing to reflect on what it would mean to redeem our work or, um, to even have our work reflect, um, kind of our journey, um, in our spiritual self. And so I think it's sweet to even hear you say how, um, your work will always, you know, and should always kind of reflect as well what goes on outside of work as well. Um, I think that's just really powerful. Uh, many, one of the things that we have in common is we both, um, have two brothers, uh, <coughs> I'm the middle brother. Manny's the oldest in, in his little trio. Um, you've got Nick and Wildy, and I want to know, what is the um, like worst thing? Like Kind of like in a funny way. What's like one of the worst things you've ever done as a brother? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. I always, I always make fun of Nick um, and like, Growing up, I always got so mad with him because, like, I would try to play fight with him, and then he would just like start crying to my dad, and then <laughs> I would always get in trouble. Um, but I mean, I guess that's kind of besides the point. Um, I don't. The the only thing I could think of, and it's 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 not even it's not even that bad, but like, it's I'm just gonna say because it it's on it's on record. As I <laughs> as I filmed, I I took my camera when my brother was playing was making a puzzle. And I like ran down to him and I was like, look at my brother. He's such a nerd. He's making a puzzle. And it's, yeah, I found it the other day on our computer. We were like watching some home videos. Um, and I don't think that ever, I think it was before social media. So I don't think it's, it's out anywhere, but uh, I think he like threw a puzzle piece at the camera and it's pretty funny, but I can't think of like the, like the, I'm sure I've done some horrible things and you'd probably have to ask them, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, okay. So I, I have the unique experience of being both an older brother and a younger brother as the middle boy. Um, and I feel like that's a, like, I don't know, you kind of, 
as the middle child, you get you get like the the rush of the power as the older brother, but you also get like the like the peasant of like the younger brother. Um, and so I remember even one time where I felt like um, I was like totally I don't know, like I was being all older brother to Liam, and uh, then later that day, Graham and I were wrestling on the trampoline, and Graham was like overpowering me and. He like pinned me down on the trampoline and then he took his thumb and I wasn't sure what he was doing, but he has his knees on my arms and he had to be pinned down. He took his thumb um, and he pressed it against one nostril um, and then he just like blew all this snot into my face and it was like the grossest thing ever and it humbled me a lot and so dude i i mean compared to my experience and i graham's gonna listen to this and he's gonna be like dude i wasn't that bad but and you weren't graham you're a fantastic older brother liam you're a fantastic younger brother but dude you've done quite well i mean (laughs) making fun of your brother for puzzle that's like too funny i love that um what's like the craziest thing you've like gotten away with like whether you were like rowdy one day and you just decided to do something like super stupid or, you know, just do something illegal. Like what's like, <laughs> what's like the craziest thing you've gotten away with and like, we'll protect your identity so that you Yeah. Can... Yeah. We could just bleep out my name at yeah. the beginning of this. So yeah. No yeah. Just talking. Lower my voice. Yeah. No. Um, on this part. <laughs> well, back in the day when I was in a gang, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I, in high school, uh, in high school, we had this this teacher, this math teacher, um, and she was a horrible teacher. Actually, just bleep that out because I don't want that on record. But um, anyways, I had this teacher, this math teacher, and uh, in class, this this girl in my class, she like was sitting a couple seats away from me, and she was like, hey, like look what I have. And she pulled out this like stink bomb. Um, and it was like one of these ones where you just like, I don't know what you do. You, you just, peel like It's like a grenade. You just take off the top yeah, and that's it. Yeah, it expands it. and then it pops. That's how this one worked. Wow. It like expanded or it's supposed to expand and then just leak out like from the pressure. So, um, we had this plan. She was like, I'll distract the teacher at her desk and then you plant it under her desk. So we went to her and she was like hey can I get like some help with this homework and um and then as she was talking I put the thing like I like stuck it like stuck so I like taped it to the bottom of her like desk but then it wasn't going off so then I started like kicking the bottom of the desk and I kicked it like super hard and the whole thing like kind of like bumped up and it like popped and then the whole class was it was like super loud and the whole class was like whoa and then I was like to get away with that I was like what the heck was that <laughs> like yell and like and then like I was like and then uh um and then it got like the obviously the smell started to go and those things are horrid yeah and it like went through the entire like wing of the school in that like area and like like everyone's like what was that like oh it smells so bad and i was like i know like it's so gross and then like a like a few people knew about it but then the principal started like asking people in the class like were you a part of this um and uh 
like I think someone might have like told him that I was involved or something, but he like pulled me out of the classroom and he was like, he was like, hey, like, were you involved in like this or like he was like, do you know? Or he didn't ask me if I was involved. He was like, do you know who like did this? And I was like, no, like I I, I don't know. Like wow, and, so and then so like. You're a liar. So I lied. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I and I felt kind of bad. I felt pretty guilty. But I found out after that. I mean, another kid in the class that just didn't like the girl that had it. Like straight up told him it was hers. Um, just like to because he didn't like her. But then I heard later on that like he uh, when he he asked her, he was like, "Did you do it?" And then he was, she was like. Like, yeah, I did. And then he, like, gave her a high five and was like, between you and me, like, that was pretty sick. <laughs> so I felt That's good after sick. that because I was like, okay, I think I'm off the hook. Like, but, yeah. That's awesome. Um, Just, I guess, switching, kind of going, <laughs> I can't even think of another stupid question, so I'm going to ask a meaningful question. Um, <laughs> we've, we've kind of had this uh, theme of, in season two, of, book lists and books that have been important um what are some what are some books for you that you've read that have been kind of foundational into creating the man you are today whether that's um books on relationships uh, you're you're married so that you probably read some good ones or <laughs> just christianity in general or just like narrative or yeah anything yeah well the bible to start um that was dumb uh I, to be honest, I'm like, I really want to be a reader, but I'm kind of like, I, I'm good at reading the first couple chapters and then I have to start a new book. Um, so I've read, I've managed to get through a couple books. I think the biggest one that's impacted my faith is probably Mere Christianity hmm. um, by C.S. Lewis. Um, that was a big one for me. Um, and then, I mean, I've been, I've been a huge, I'm a huge John Mark Comer fan. So like I've read Garden City and Loveology um, like God as a name. Um, and those have kind of shaped a lot of, um, kind of my theology. Um, and then another tiny little one that I, I really love, um, is this one called, um, I think it's just called the practice of the presence of being in the presence of God, I think is what it's called. Uh, brother Lawrence. Yeah. And it's like this tiny little, I think it's just like a devotional book. Like I, I know a guy who just like keeps it above his toilet and reads it then. Um, but it's just like this, um, this monk who, um, he was like a chef in a monastery and it's just his like, ha- there's three parts. There's like his conversations with his best friend that his friend writes down. And then, um, I think like excerpts from his journal. And then I forget the th- the third part's either like his prayers or um, like things other people have said about him, but it's just all about how he basically just committed. Like he basically said, I want to spend every single moment of the rest of my life, like in the presence of God and him like practicing how to do that. Um, and it's just like a really like peace giving book, like reading it, it's just um, puts in perspective, you know, like whatever, wherever you are in life, like even if you're just a dude, like making soup in the monastery every day, like life can be worth celebrating because you can be in the presence of God every day. It's really cool. Mm, yeah, that is. Um, and feel free to contact us in um, 
we'll figure out a way how you can contact us if you want to um, get a hold of any of the books that um, or find a way to get a hold of any of the books that Manny has mentioned or anyone any other speaker before has mentioned um, we'll close with this uh, a lot of a lot of who's listening to this podcast uh, young adults uh, men and women um, who are really uh, I think just looking for a sound bite, I think sometimes, or uh, maybe a kind of a little snippet of advice that uh, could be meaningful in propelling their week or their month forward. Uh, maybe something that they can hold for a long time and cherish for a long time. Uh, Manny, is there a piece of advice that you've uh, been given before that you, something super simple that you just want to pass on to a listener right now? Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> When I was um, around, oh, I was probably like 15, kind of around when I, I really started to seriously take my faith, um, a guy at camp gave this analogy where he said, if you look in the sky um, and you look at the stars, there's constellations, but they don't become constellations until you've connected all the stars mm. together. Um, and he said, if you're having trouble seeing how God is working in your life to just write out um, in point form, all the different like dots of things that have happened in your life, um, big or small things that just you, for some reason hold significance in your memory. Mm. Um, and then just like connect them, look at it from um a little bit farther away and um i'm sure you'll be able to see god work it, god's work in your life yeah um yeah. overall and i think it's i think it's very powerful yeah that is really powerful and i mean there for a lot of us i think that's just so important and when we think of our story um it's not often that we see god's kind of masterful hand at work um until we've really been able to see the dots connected and see the bigger picture kind of as this whole um manny thank you so much guys uh none of this like was really premeditated we just kind of fired questions off at random at manny and so uh this was fun thanks manny you handled it well um uh, stay tuned for more of these like really super casual conversations um who knows who will grill next time, but uh, we think this is just kind of an important part of what we do is just kind of have really fun little conversations about life and about our spirituality and our journeys as a whole. And so thanks for listening to the Challenge Podcast and uh, stay tuned for more content coming up. Take care. Bye-bye.